You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. As I've been telling you every day, we are continuing our great slate of regular guests. Today we have my buddy Mike Sando from ESPN. Yesterday was Mike Renner. Talked to Sage Rosenfels on Tuesday. And we talked to the local experts across the Locked On Network on Monday. And that's the plan going forward. Um, I'm going to do Twitter questions tomorrow. Might even record those today. Um, and that's the plan around here. We're brought to you by The Athletic. I'll tell you about them down the road. Mike, how are you? Doing well. Thank you, Matt. Good, good. to be here again. Good, good, good. You have an article that just hit ESPN.com that we are going to get to for the bulk of the show. But before we do, I'm going to get your thoughts on a couple big moves around the league in the last couple days. Let's start with the Teddy trade. Teddy Bridgewater was traded to the Saints for their third round pick. The Saints also get a sixth in return. So now New Orleans, for you guys that aren't familiar, do not have their first or their third for next year. I mean, they traded their first for the in the Marcus Davenport trade. So what's your take yeah. on Teddy to the Saints? You know, it's a little bit of a surprise. You can yeah. see the long-term plan. I mean, I suppose if Drew Brees is done after this year, you, hey, you've got Teddy Bridgewater. And I suppose if Bridgewater, after a year in the Sean Payton system, maybe he signs a big lucrative deal and they get a comp pick down the line. So I think that has to be their plan. They ensure Breeze, in case some, the worst-case scenario happens, he falls off a cliff performance-wise or retires. Maybe they win it all and he retires. Uh, they've got Teddy. They can go from there. Or he leaves, gets a big deal, like all these quarterbacks do. If you're healthy and you've thrown one completed pass in your history, you're going to make $18 million in the league now, right? Right. So <laughs> that's what they're thinking. However, I mean, it did catch some people a little off guard. It's funny, last week... We were doing a thing on where could Bridgewater go, and our, our each of our writers uh, who covers a team would submit a team if they thought you know they could be in the mix. And like at the last minute, Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for us, threw their name into the hat too. Said, "Hey, don't rule it out." Well, I got a text this morning from a cap guy from a team. He says, "Geez, I guess I was way off on Bridgewater." You know, I just just really and his thinking was, "How do you justify if you're the Saints a third round pick for one year?" You know, um, which is basically what this is now. Like you said, you may get the comp pick back, and maybe you get a third back in a couple. But um, it didn't. It, it didn't make a hundred percent logic to everyone, even though you can see what they're trying to do. Yeah, I haven't talked to our audience about it yet, but my thoughts were originally from a football perspective. I said, I can see it. I mean, Bridgewater's not as good as Breeze, but stylistically, they're similar. They're both. Shorter, not huge arms, games based on accuracy, timing. They're plus athletes. I would think he would inherit and fit this system quite well, you know, to fit his needs, the players' needs. But to not have him locked up to a long-term deal, that really implies, and same with their draft day trade, they are absolutely in it to win it this year. And if Breeze went down... They think they can still have a shot with a more run-oriented, good offensive line, Teddy as your guy. And it still gives you the option to you know, extend them. And Breeze signed a two-year deal before this season. So is he going to stick around for both? Who knows? But if he does, maybe you could sign Bridgewater to $10 million this year, $12 million the year after that. And that's an escalating contract. 
that where he is the inherent quarterback to be. And I think your point's an excellent one about the comp pick is, you know, obviously this worked out great for the Jets. It cost them half a million dollars to pick up a third-round pick. But the Saints, it might just cost them a year of third-round picks, but it leaves you really light in next year's draft. Yeah, it does. It does. Now, they hit home runs. Maybe, you know, the, the draft with Kamara in it, maybe that sustains you. I mean, it really yeah. did turn around their whole roster, but I, I agree. They are in it to win it right now. And and maybe they should be, you know. <laughs> I mean, you've got Drew Brees for what, one, two more years? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's three. Right. But you can't just take that for granted. One thing I noticed is, uh, one of the stats I look at for periodically is, hey, what percent of your passes are thrown to the sticks? Meaning you're throwing it actually past the first down marker. Mm-hmm. It's a proxy kind of. You could, you'd picture like Alex Smith would be low in that, right? I mean, he's a shorter passer. Yeah, football well, insiders look, created that, the, and they called it the Alex stat because of Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's percent of passes thrown to the sticks. And I, I do look at it. So, for last year, I just took all. There's th- 29 quarterbacks with 300 pass attempts. Drew Brees is the lowest percentage, 34%. And that I don't necessarily think that's the way it always used to be. No. But it shows you the way their team is set up with the running backs that you're going to throw the ball to with uh, now an older Drew Brees. You know, maybe you're not trying to just test that shoulder that's been – put together with bailing wire for all these years. Um, you know, there's some people who've noticed a drop off, uh, watching him in person in terms of just how he commands the ball. So you've got, uh, you know, you, you may have, you have a player who's certainly not getting better. Uh, who's definitely near the end. And then Teddy Bridgewater can probably do those things too. Is what I'm getting at mm-hmm. is Teddy Bridgewater's not the most, uh, you know, impressive physical prospect at the quarterback position. Right. I right. Mean, he's, He's more of a guy who gets by with moxie and savvy and accuracy and smarts and, you know, all those types of things that make Drew Brees a good quarterback. Yeah, stylistically, I think they're in the same mold. Brees is just an all-time great at it. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> and, and you know, in the, they, I'm sure that the Saints would love to have Carson Wentz as their backup. You can't do that. So, you, you know, you can get who's available, and Teddy Bridgewater's available, and he's not bad. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess I get it, but I think there's another shoe to drop here, obviously, too. All right, another really interesting story that happened over the last couple of days is this Michael Kendrick situation. I mean, is how do you think the NFL reacts to that if he's found guilty? Is it a game? Is it two games? Is it Mike Vick level from a federal indictment situation? Did the Eagles know this when they let go of them? You know, when they did, I just thought they had a lot of linebackers and not much cap space. Therefore, did the Browns or should the Browns have known about this when they signed them? And now they release them. Yeah, I don't see how the Browns could know all about the depths of this thing. You know, you could see the Eagles may have had more of an inkling. It's clear from the statement made by John Dorsey, the GM of the Browns, that that uh, Mike that Michael Kendricks wasn't fully forthcoming right he didn't he didn't confess to the browns the way he did to the federal authorities now should he have i mean would you i mean you know your entire career is riding on this disclosure if he if he's up front with them he never gets signed so at least he had a chance right right at least you got in the building (laughs) Uh, to make it um so i don't know how this is not the uh this is not your thing that's been covered in the policy there's not an insider trading thing i think they have to go with what's the punishment you know and so if he gets a i think this could take care of itself i think he's facing jail 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think he once you face jail, you got to be really good to come back, right? I would think, right? Is yeah, he, I mean, that's... yeah. We're not. It's not like we're talking about you know an elite player right now. You know what I mean? It, right. He's a like, good linebacker, like you're, but you're willing to wait more for Josh Gordon. You know, you, you know what I mean. You're going to put up with more because the upside's so great. We take a I shot on think, Vic. I think the league washes their hands on Michael Kendricks, and he's not signed by somebody again. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the suspension might not matter if he's not with the team. Obviously. Yeah, I no one's going to sign. I, I just, right. I don't. I mean, look at the Browns. The minute they found out, they're like, "Okay, see ya." You know what I mean? Right. It's not like he's a starting quarterback or something. I just, I just think he's to, to borrow a, you know, pun intended. He he's no longer a commodity of value. You know, you know what I mean? No, and you're right. That <laughs> Good that's pun. a trading term, but that's actually <laughs> what came into my mind. Is as a commodity, as a player, you are sort of a commodity. I think this commodity is done trading. I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah. I, wanted, I mentioned to start the show that we are brought to you by The Athletic. What I need you guys to do is go to theathletic.com slash LockedOnNFL, all one word, and that'll save you 40% off your first year subscription. That's two ninety nine a month. So I've gotten to know quite a bit of the people on their staff. I know uh, Mark Caboli real well. He's a Steeler beat writer, does a great job like all their beat writers do. But they've added some national guys now as well. Jay Glazer, Dane Brugler. Uh, I know Dane quite well, Lindsey Jones, and my man Ross Tucker, who I used to host the Football Today podcast with for a long time. So The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. Their their model is very simple. There's no ads or pop-ups. Instead, readers subscribe to authentic, in-depth coverage written by top journalists who know their teams inside and out. Coverage goes way beyond game recaps and trade speculations to provide smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Uh, here's a, a crazy stat that they of what they're doing is the more than 650 news stories are published every week at the Athletic from across all sports. So go to theathletic.com/lockedonnfl and it'll be good for 40% off your first year subscription, which brings you down to just 2.99 a month. All right, there was two massive signings since we got together last, and Rodgers and Odell and Aaron Donald is still looming. Is it just the going rate? I mean, is is are the numbers staggering to you, yeah. or is it just the way the league is? I mean, cap yeah, no, up. it doesn't. Uh, to me, contracts in the NFL are the most boring storyline there is. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. it's just <laughs> right. everyone gets excited. Oh my goodness, this Talk guy's the highest paid, right. and everyone pats themselves on the back, and the media is so excited. Oh, they just run with you know that angle of it, and it's like okay. The salaries are going to keep going up. If you're a quarterback, they're going to go higher. It's not, ba- you know, anytime the next guy becomes the highest paid guy, doesn't mean the whole league thinks he's the best guy. If you look at Aaron Rodgers' previous deal, it just is a percentage of what the cap was, okay? Um, and then you look at what the same percentage of the cap would be if we added $10 million bucks to what the cap was last year. It's exactly what it, it, it would come out to 33.4 average per year. He got 33.5, okay? <laughs> So it's the same so, deal. It's just loaf of bread costs more now. Loaf of bread costs more. Um, now, it's a good deal for him because he sure. did that with two years left on his deal. And I think the Packers realized, hey, look, let's we're not going to tick off Aaron Rodgers by trying to win the negotiation. You know what I mean? They could try to hold, string him out and try to get it at 32-9. But why? For what? 
Um, there's right. no reason to do that. He's a great player. You need him to win. You're nothing without him. They couldn't win five games without him. You know what I mean? And, and right, um, they showed us yeah. that. I mean, we just saw. They showed them. us that. Right. So he's he the best the player reason, in the league. He's the reason for the season. And so no, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. What now? Let's go to the next one. What was the next one you were talking about? Odell, and we saw the Giants without him. Yeah, yeah. Now for the receiver money is. I think a more debatable situation because uh, now at the wide receiver position, if you're just decent, you can get 16 million a year. That that's a lot, right? I mean, Mom is there any ten? <laughs> yeah, is Watkins there any getting. is there any evidence that you've got to have one of those to win it all? You know, I, I think that's a that's a thing of debate. At the same time, should the Giants get rid of Odell Beckham? Of course not. I mean, he. Right. He's a different type of receiver. I mean, he's a, he is a game-changing talent. So, um, you know, they paid. I, I think they were in better position than anyone to know whether they should feel good about that, you know, because he, he is, there were maturity questions with him, you know, the, not, you know, putting his fist through the wall, what video is going to show up on Instagram, you know, those types of things I think made them a little uncomfortable. But at the same time, like I said, what are you going to do? Right. I think if he's not signed, it becomes, you know, you're going to get more of that type of um, frustration or behavior from him, possibly. Now you take care of him. You're putting a risk on it, but you're you're trying to pay for the best of Odell, which is probably worth paying for. Yeah. And again, these contract talks really aren't that exciting when it's all said and done. You know, Giants fans, if you think it's too much, think of your team without him. You saw him last year. Um, again, they know the player better than anybody else. And it brings me to Aaron Donald. Like, the Rams can't survive without Aaron Donald, with all respect to Sue and Peters and all the studs they've added, but they still have the franchise tag in their back pocket. Yes, yeah, they, they do. Um, I'm just going to say one more thing on Eli. I think, or on the Giants, is mm-hmm. that they are, this is all part of a bet on Eli, which is, to me, the more interesting thing. You're, you're still going to have Odell, and you have this really highly paid quarterback who may or may not be able to get it done. I think that is the interesting part of this. And when you have other players who are non-quarterbacks paid near quarterback level, in addition to a quarterback paid at quarterback level, that is that affects your team. So I think that's the interesting sort of post script on that as far as Aaron Donald is concerned I like, thought real quick when when they yeah. took Barkley instead of Donald you almost have to bring back Odell now I mean it's you're, you're, yeah you're like all you in said. on Eli right right you're all in an, on Eli yep so that to me that that's the whole thing with the Giants not whether you're going to pay Eli it's just that or not that you're going to pay Odell it's that you you are keeping Eli and you're trusting him to get it done you're betting you're going you're pushing your chips to the middle of the table on Eli uh without necessarily having a you know, a plan B when you did have a chance to, they could have kept Darnold from being a jet. Right. I mean, that's the interesting thing is Darnold's in their backyard now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Darnold's going to be great. Who knows? I mean, whoever they liked, right. Yeah. Whoever they liked. um, That is just the fascinating part of it. You know, and I, I think they took a lot of heat for that, probably rightfully so, but people act like they're a complete idiot for doing it. I don't think, I don't buy that. It's a complete idiot. It's just a, it's it's the criticism's fair it's just that was a tough decision based on what eli means to that organization as a two-time super bowl mvp and so many of these analyses that are done by on the outside are done by people who have none of that investment who you know eli doesn't mean that to them and so 
I get what they're doing. Would I have done it? Probably not, but I get it. And I, I listed them as a possible Bridgewater shooter as well for kind of the same reasons. Yeah. Yep. No, I got you. I got it, you. So does Aaron Donald leave LA though? No, I, I don't think so. You know, no. I, I, I kind of think that, uh, you know, they want to take care of him and it'll get done. I mean, the report charts close to done. And I, and I, I did a column on the four holdout guys, Earl Thomas, Levian Bell, uh, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack about two weeks ago. And an agent I spoke to for that piece said he thought Donald would get done in a couple of weeks. And here we are. I think that's right on schedule. Um, and the reason that gets done is number one, I think the Rams are being, you know, proactive to try to take care of their, their players. Um, you know, we saw them give Gurley way more money than they had to give him this year. Right. Um, we saw him take care of Rob Haven Steinen at right tackle. So that, you know, is a good faith move. The issue is that Donald really is going to make less than 7 million this year under his rookie contract, which look for you and me, 7 million, you could retire and to the lake house, right? You'd be doing great, but he can't afford to keep playing for smaller amounts of money when he's could be getting so much life-changing money, guaranteed generational money. Of course. Um, and so, Unlike Khalil Mack, who could just sit there and make 13.8, Aaron Donald's sitting there making 6.8. Yeah, so big difference. For, for that reason, the feeling was that Donald this year wasn't going to just roll the dice again. The money's going to be good enough. They're, they'll make him the, probably the highest paid defensive guy, and that should be enough. Right. I mean, both these guys, Mack and Donald, are worth Von Miller range money and are the same impact players. So they have a beef. There's no question about that. Um, it's odd, though, because the way the league is structured, there are some players that are so good, it's hard to pay them properly because if you franchise them, the team gets a bargain. You know, like Gronk yeah. is worth way more than just being the top tight end in the football. <laughs> yep, yep. And th- these are th- now this part of the of the contract stuff is interesting, right? Just how it, how it impacts the team, you know, whether a guy's making 29 or 28 at quarterback doesn't matter to me, but the fact that you may like, if you're the Rams, you're okay. Let's just say you go to this huge quarterback type contract for Aaron Donald, sort of like the dolphins did for Dominican Sue. Well, what happens then when you pay golf quarterback money, mm-hmm. you know, now you're saying, okay, what if you have to pay Goff 28 when he comes up, but he's really not one of the top five quarterbacks? What if he's the 15th quarterback? You know, good quarterback, but what if he's sort of a win with quarterback and not right. a win because of quarterback? But you're paying him win because of money, because you don't want to go back to the way your quarterback situation was before you had him, right? Sure. And so now you've got Donald in the books for that. You you have a top of market defensive player contract for Donald, a top of market running back contract for Gurley, top of market eventually quarterback deal. Now good luck bringing in a keep to leap for nine million and Dominican Sue for fourteen. Right now you got a draft right, and oh by the way, every one of your offensive linemen except for your right tackles, a free agent at the end of this year. And, and and you have the oldest left tackle and oldest center in the leads league, so better draft well on that offensive line because once you pay all these guys, you're not signing Andrew Whitworth of the world. Right, right, right. And 
you just you didn't use your first round pick this past year on Lyman. You used it on a trade, yeah. you know, on a, another yeah. expense. Um, yeah, so they're in it. I mean, talk about the Giants being in it to win it. I think the, the Rams are too. And they're also in a market where you got to be trying to you know get people to, to be engaged. They got to feel like you got a chance to win it all. All right, all that brings us back to the crux of our conversation. You have a great article at HitESPN.com today about the Khalil Mack situation. And it's not the same as Aaron Donald. It's not the same as these other ones. You mentioned he's making more now than Donald is. Double, give or take. Um, Yes, they could franchise him too. But it's a new regime. You know, John Gruden's in town. You're very familiar with Coach Gruden. The, The one thing... You know, your article's fantastic, and I just want to talk a little bit about the possible compensation. You have a great list of teams that might be interested. But one thing I've, I've thought about just from an X's and O's standpoint about Mac with the Bengals, or <laughs> Mac with the Raiders. Wow. Well, that's Breaking news. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a Bengals-like defense. You know, the defensive coordinator they hired, they're installing Bengals, you know, scheme here. You know, slowly but surely. You know, they want a three technique. That's Hurst. That's going to be their Geno Atkins, who also just signed big money. But the Bengals have always had king-size defensive ends. You know, Mac fits any system because he's a transcendent player, but they don't really utilize three, four outside linebacker tweener guys. They want Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting. So is that a layer to this? Yeah, it's a layer, I think. Is it a layer to... Okay, because we're not talking about do you want Khalil Mack on your team. The Raiders do. Sure. I mean, if they could just check a box, want on team, don't want on team, and that's it, you check the want on team box. The question is, uh, do you want to pay top, basically borderline quarterback money close to it for somebody who, number one, isn't coming off his best year, even though it was a good year, Number two is never played a snap for for John Gruden, who's you know evaluating this whole team and has to make value judgments of hey, who can who do we trust? Who are we building around? Who are we holding up as the as the type of guy for our program? Um, and then is he a perfect fit for what we want to do? Because if you want to if you want to pay that top of money, you want to you want to feel great about it in every way. You want every one of those boxes checked. So is it possible that some of those boxes, while not unchecked, are sort of checked in pencil that ah, you know? Is it the hundred percent best fit, like you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, uh, do we know him really? I mean, has John Gruden been around him for more than three hours? Uh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's why, to me, you just have him play on this deal this year. I mean, it's not like he's going to sit out the whole year. I wouldn't think and miss no. thirteen point eight million. He'll come in. You get to know each other. He'll have a three sack game against San Diego. Hopefully, you win the game, and you say, "Wow, now that's what we're looking for." Wow, I could pay this guy, right? Sure. And, and then you just move on. Maybe you get a deal done, you know, uh, later when you're eligible to again. But the other layer that you really go into detail in your in your article is okay if those boxes are in pencil, and we don't have to pay them, and the Packers or somebody gives us two premium draft picks that we can build in our likeness. Well, now I'm thinking about moving on from Mr. Mack. Oh, no doubt. That's why I outlined, you know, a couple of different price points that, that are in there. If you, if you don't want to trade him, you just say, sure, he's available Two first round picks. Right. And then if somebody 
says, okay, we'll do it. Then you talk and say, wow, really, maybe, uh, maybe this is the way to go. We're, we're building a new, we, we, this team who's going to trade us these, we think they're going to have a top 10 pick. There's a couple of D linemen who fit us great that we think we can get. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. It's a really good D line draft coming up too. It's better than last year. That's the feeling that is a projection at this point, but I think people do feel that. Yes. Um, you know, and that, you know, I, I think that is, to me, that's the most likely place for the Raiders to be. Because um, it's not like they're going to lose them this year. It's just, hey, sure, you got to knock us out, and then we'll talk. Now, there's the, there's, I think the other price point is maybe it, maybe a deal gets done. It's a one and change. You know, maybe it's a one and a four, a one and a three, a one and a player. Mm-hmm. Then you think. Um, Hmm, you're not sure you're going to do it if you're the Raiders, but you're, you're listening and, and another team out there may be more willing to do that. Uh, I think more than doing two first, it's hard to do two first and pay the guy 20 some million. Right. Right. I mean, then you're lose, then you're paying top of the market in draft compensation and player compensation. That's not very smart. No, that's, that's an that's awful a, lot. And yeah. No one's, I, I think that's unlikely. I, I do too. But you mentioned the Niners, the Jets. Um, I, I look at those two teams, the Bears, as being basically an edge stud away from really having a complete defense. We've talked Seattle a fair amount. Um, You even mentioned Earl Thomas could be part of that. Who knows? Um, And again, he would be a very Seahawks-based scheme friendly guy for sure. I mean, he'd be Cliff Averill. a huge move for them. I mean, to me, that's a use of a first-round pick that would be better, makes more sense than the Percy Harvin or even Jimmy Graham ones, you know. Um, And they trade first-round picks there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You put him in the mix with Pete Carroll's defense, mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner. You know, <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good group now. You you, you know, um, and you'd happily give up a one and Earl Thomas for that. I would. I don't. I don't know that the Raiders would take it, but you never know. John Gruden likes to collect veteran players. He's sure. been watching the game. Loves what Earl Thomas brings to the table. Probably, you know, maybe he would want three years of Earl Thomas. You know, and and. Uh, and a first-round pick that he could then pour and get. You know, maybe he's thinking, shoot, Seattle with that line, they're they're going to be an eight and eight team if they're lucky. Maybe John's thinking that. I don't know. Yeah, right, right, uh, right. We, you know what I mean? Probably a not a Super pick. Bowl team. Maybe we get a first. Maybe we squeeze them a little bit. We get a first and another pick and Earl. You know, something like that. Or um, you, you, there's all kinds of ways you could envision it happening. Oh, for sure. And the Packers, are the team, have been rumored the most. They have two first-round picks, theirs and the Saints, but both are likely to be late. Um, and it's not really their style that there's a new GM in town. And they have Matthews and they have Perry, but still, you wouldn't turn your nose up at Mac. Um, a couple names you didn't mention. The Bills and Colts were interesting to me, just because they have tons of cap space. But I don't think either yeah. are good scheme fits, so I, I don't think that's a move. And then the other two I guess kind of threw out there is maybe, and then. Would Belichick be interested? Would Baltimore be I thought of that in my head. You know, yeah. I thought of I thought of Belichick. I didn't write it, but after I filed it, I was thinking, "Gall, oh, could he find a way to do this?" So you're right. You know, if you're if you're that team who's sort of definitely in that window, right? I mean, we don't know. They could, you know, Brady and Belichick could be gone in two years, very plausibly. So mm-hmm. would you would you give up a one? That's going to be late. You know, you'd have to give up. What would you? How much would you give up? Two late ones? I don't know. One and two. Um, but is Gruden looking at it like that? Cha- that is no chance to be a top ten pick. And he's thinking, do I really want to put them over the champ over the top and give Bill Belichick another ring? You know, right. I right. Mean, 
I don't know about that. But I I did think of it from a Patriots standpoint of, okay, if you were them, let's just say let's just say we had all I write this article, we're talking about this, and then next week he's traded to the Patriots. Like I wouldn't be shocked. You you would you would be thinking then. Okay, how did they see this? That's, I was trying to think of that. How would the Patriots see this? What, mm-hmm. would they, what, would, what would they be thinking, doing? I just, I think this. They've never been the team that wants to pay even Tom Brady over the top, you're bigger than the team money, right? right. Chandler Jones. So they're not going to be in it for a long-term deal with Mac. I don't think. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to say, you know, they're not going to pay Mac more than Brady, right? Or up there with that. So then what are you doing? You're not going to be able to give the Raiders enough to make him a one-year rental, right? The Raiders can have him for a rental without giving anything up. Right. The compensation would be tough. And if the Raiders want to let him leave, they can get a high pick, you know, a comp pick themselves. So I don't really see a way that it would make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. To happen, um, but I did. I did think of it too, like the evil genius, you know. What's right, Belichick like, gonna do? You know, he's got a plan. That'd be pretty good with Khalil Mack right now. But I'm yeah, not sure I either. Think. I don't think either team would do this deal, Mack for the Patriots' first round pick this year and next year. Like I bet those are too late, yeah. and I'm not sure. And that might just cripple the Patriots forever. I don't think either one says yes to that. Yeah, I don't either, especially because I don't think the Patriots want to pay Mack. Right, so. right, right, right. That's the thing that that's the breaker to me in the end of why I couldn't think of a way to make it work. Yeah, I hear you. Good move leaving them off, but I, I had to bring them up. Mike, you're the man. This was a blast. Let's do it again next Thursday. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely.